Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hey everybody, Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. This is actually a second podcast for this week, but I just got onto a topic about passion uh, that I really wanted to share with you guys. I was listening to some videos. I just kind of, once you kind of get on- online, which I don't tend to do very often because it does suck you in. <laughs> I mean, you can just go from, oh, and look at that, and then that leads you to the next. Like, I can see now why people spend hours and hours on social media. Even though I'm learning things, the same trigger is there. However, I'm grateful for this one. I was watching a TED Talk, it's just 10 minutes, by a young lady named Terry Trespicio. I'll spell it for you. T-R-E-S-P-I-C-I-O. She's on a TEDx talk. She's look at she's had almost six million views. So obviously she had something to say people wanted to hear. And I thought she was fantastic. She talked on passion. And her story, just to do a quick recap, was she used to work for Martha Stewart. And when she got uh, laid off, she really didn't know what she wanted to do with herself. She didn't know, she let all those, you know, this the things that we all go through, like, who's looking for me? Our limiting beliefs all kick into place. You know, I need a job. I need to follow my passion. She goes, that is just baloney. She says, your passion may not be something that pays you. (laughs) It's not a thing. That's what she was kind of going on about. And she tells a few cute anecdotal stories in in her little TED Talk. But she really wanted you to understand um, in her talk that passion was not a job, a sport, or a hobby. And I want you to listen to this because this is the basis of her talk. Passion is something that is the full force of your attention and energy that you give to whatever is right in front of you. I'm going to actually put that in a quote. It'll be on the Instagram page. It'll be on the coulda, woulda, shoulda Facebook group or page because that is brilliant, especially when I end with her final comment because that I really related to. She was went on to talk about how we're so busy, especially in this to do today's day and age, um, looking for passion that we can miss out on opportunities that are literally right in front of us. And those opportunities could change your life. Now I'm a big believer in that. I I've talked on this many times in my podcast. I remember having a conversation with my nephew once about opportunities that you have to be open to them. And the thing is, she's so opposite what a lot of coaching and teaching is doing out there today. And a lot of self-help in self-growth courses about following your passion. And she quoted a businessman whose name I didn't write down, I apologize, and I also didn't uh, know who he was from just the name. But she said, I was in this this, uh, keynote speak once, and she said, this gentleman said, never lend money to someone who's following their passion. He says, you want to lend money to someone that's starting a business and has stuff for sale or, you know, has, has, or is servicing a need. And it, it was kind of tongue in cheek that she said it, but she did have a very valid point on why she brought that quote up. We almost 
are being made to feel in this day and age, especially in the bigger cities and when there's you know a lot more uh, of this growth stuff going on in, in mainstream, that somehow we're failing as people and failing as career people if we're not quote unquote following our passion. The neat thing she said about that is you can sometimes get really significant tunnel vision from from this follow my passion, do what you love type idea. Now, I don't disagree with all of this concept. If you can make money doing what you love and you can make money, you know, with your passion, that is spectacular. But she is more, I think, talking about the passion you carry as a human being. And that's why I related so much to how she ended her talk. Um, she really thought, you know, she goes, surprises are good. And I'm, I'm, I'm definitely that way. I've said this many times. I'm a person that likes a plan. You know, I spent a good half an hour this morning in bed with my iPad going through my schedule for the next year, rearranging a few things. I needed to rearrange some work stuff. I'm shutting down my accounting business after 28 years. And I really needed to just sort of look at how things were going to look in a few months because quite honestly, I had a very passionate quote unquote meltdown two days ago when I offered to help someone with their books. And when I got into them, I realized they were a, just a, a freaking disaster. The books were a mess. They required a full-time bookkeeper, um, she, uh, you know, for like a period of two weeks to get her stuff organized. There was just huge errors in it. And that wasn't what I offered to do. I offered to reconcile her banks and her credit cards and make sure that her books were good to send to the accountant. Her data entry wasn't done. She had double entered all her income. Which, and I couldn't really help her on what I offered to help her with because her work wasn't done. Her side of things wasn't done. And I guess for a moment I spiraled into that. Why am I doing this again? I was in pain. I had been sitting for three days in my desk again because I'm cleaning up so much stuff this week. And I just got very angry and I spiraled into that dark place of why do I keep getting dragged back into this? I even went to bed that night and woke up at 530 in the morning having a full on claustrophobic attack. Now, the good thing was that morning was my coaching call, my coaching call with my coach. And I'm not going to lie. There was a part of me that even the night before I was considering and sending him a message saying, I, I'm not going to be available in the morning because <laughs> I knew my mood was not going to be spectacular. And I just probably didn't want to hear what he had to say. I didn't, I just didn't know. I don't know why I just, I had a knee jerk reaction. The good thing was I didn't do that. And he talked me off my ledge, smacked me upside the head, told me I'm stubborn. But he also made a very good point that I was at war with myself. Because once again, I allowed someone to step in and I didn't say no. The good thing was I zipped out of it really quickly. But let me tell you, I am very passionate about not doing this type of work ever again. So it's interesting that I had some lessons to learn and that the universe stepped in and gave me a lot of answers in a very short period of time. So I, that I really appreciate. I am good on surprises. Like I said, as long as my schedule has, that's why I went through my calendar. I can, I can handle changes. I just need to know that there's a plan. I'm very big on the plan, but I'm not one of those rigid people that sticks to the plan. As soon as you give me a better option, I love surprises or there is a better way of doing something or someone comes up with something more brilliant then I'm skipping, I'm skipping tracks here and I'm moving forward. That is something that I love to do. I, I like looking for opportunities. I do like surprises and I like to solve my favorite problems. Now, obviously I had a problem the other night and I got caught up in it emotionally, but by the next day I'd settled down enough 
and realized I allowed someone to help me realize, let me rephrase that, what was going on inside of me, that the only person I was warring with was me. I wasn't creating boundaries and such. So she was speaking about this and what did she say? Where are my energies and efforts to meet someone else's need? She was talking about if you want to follow your passion, she said, solve problems and look to be useful and generous. And then you can put your energies somewhere that someone needs you. And that as well really hit home for me because let me just, I'll tell you what she said, why I was so like the end of it. You don't follow your passion. Your passion follows you. There you go. That was the ending statement. So her first statement was passion is not a job, sport, or hobby. It is the full force of your attention and energy that you give to whatever is right in front of you, period. Then she ended with, you don't follow your passion. Your passion follows you. When those two statements were put together for me, I had sort of an aha moment because people have always commented that about me that I'm very vibrant, I'm very passionate. And if I, if, if I'm, you know, like on, if I'm on point, man, and I'm passionate or I want something, I am like a dog with a bone and I get very excited about it. I can't tell you how many times, that's why I do the little YouTube channel, my take, because if I get excited about something, I want to tell people about it. Uh, does it pay me money? No. Is it even, even really in alignment with being a coach and an author and a podcaster? No, <laughs> I just enjoy doing it. And it has happened so many times in my life. I have literally walked in to a, a bookkeeping client years ago who got stuck and I went to a trade show and worked his booth all day long. He sold reclaimed hardwood floors. Anyone that talked to me that day would have assumed that I knew everything there was to, to do with hardwood floors. No, I don't. I really didn't. I knew about his business, so I knew where things had come from and I certainly had a working knowledge of stuff because he had I'd been his bookkeeper for a year and he had later on had done my flooring in my custom home, uh, custom built home I built. I had a passion for, for the reclaimed flooring. I love the look of it. I like, I, I just, I love wood. Uh, I love that whole earthy tone of everything. And so my passion came with me filling in for him. I didn't stand in the booth looking bored and wondering, hope, praying to God, no one would speak to me. I engaged people and this you hear in my voice was with me all day long. So those things kind of came back to my memory and really triggered a few things with listening to her with, with Terry's TED Talk. Your life is the same way. So if you're feeling very stuck right now and maybe even feeling like a little bit like you're failing, maybe you've been to some self-help courses or business courses, something, and people are always talking about, you know, quit your nine to five, find your passion. I was raised with this mentality. Whatever you do, do well. And I was raised with the attitude that if you can't give your all to the small things, Who's going to trust you with the big things? That was my dad. You know, those were great life lessons because actually as I've gotten older and I understand sort of how the law of attraction in the universe works, I realized that is very, very true. If you can't be a steward of yourself, your money, your attitude, whatever it is you're going on in your life, the job that, you know, you're doing because you need experience in that or you have no training to do anything else. You know, we all have those first beginner jobs when we're young or the jobs we do when we're teenagers. Suck it up but be the best you can be and bring your passion with you because people will recognize that and then they will give you opportunity to do other things. 
I've mentioned the story before that I used to work as a temp for a temp agency when I was very young in my early 20s, like right out of my first year of university and before I had my son. I was not even remotely qualified to work on an executive floor, but I was well-dressed and very personable. So people would send them out because honestly, they just need someone that looks like they know what they're doing, smiles, answers a phone, can take messages until whoever's off sick on, on vacation or whatever comes back. I didn't need to, you know, and find the cure for cancer in that two weeks. I just needed to hold my own and sort of act professional for a couple for a couple of weeks. I loved it. I got amazing experience. But I look back on it now and I truly believe that was because all this energy just came with me wherever I went, whatever I did. There are things I don't like doing. There's things some of us, none of us like doing. But at the same token, I have the acceptance that they kind of got to get done. So Terry was talking about some of the jobs she was doing. And yes, things didn't stay that way forever. She eventually went to work in, in work that she loved. But the same token, she lived in New York City. And seriously, the bills had to be paid. And I have definitely had that bit of pragma, uh, pragmatic attitude. I was raised with it. You don't work, you don't eat. I was completely how I was raised. That's instilled in me from a young age. So that's always sort of that belief system that stands behind everything I do and that sometimes means that we can't always choose exactly what we get to do right this minute because we have responsibilities as my as my father would say that being said you still want to know where you're going and have if you have a passion for something move forward with it now my passion is definitely helping people and that may seem a little pat but it's why I coach, it's why I podcast, it's why I wrote the book, I Functioning Habits, or the little ebook, and why I want to write the full-length one, and it's why I want to speak. Because I want to bring this vitality and this passion to others so that they can move forward past their limiting beliefs and have their most vibrant life. My girlfriend said to me the other day, she goes, I want to see you use the word vibrant <laughs> in your marketing or in what you're doing. And it was an amazing word because actually I was really stuck, and actually that's why I asked, I was doing, I'm doing a course on speaking from stage and I needed a catchphrase in this one module and I was really stuck so I went to my team and said hey spitball for me give us some ideas and and Beardra came right back with vibrant you're vibrant and you need to bring that and help other people be that way in their lives to be all they can be so that is helping people for me for 28 years I did bookkeeping I really believe, especially today after hearing this, even though I've had this meltdown and I'm leaving this industry behind, I've outgrown it. This is not my path anymore. I brought my passion to that industry and I helped people. Finances are something, money is something people hate dealing with. They really truly do. And so I made sure that I gave them peace of mind, that they felt that part of their life was under control. And even if I didn't really love doing all portions of it, I did it with a smile and with good energy. And I was very fortunate. I had a very good career for a very, very long time. I used to get that comment. I'd walk in and people would go, you're the bookkeeper? Because they're, they expected to see, you know, a shy, introverted, introverted pencil pusher, not all this energy walk through the door. And I'm like, yep, I am. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved the clients I worked for. I loved that my gifts, my sacred gifts were of a service and knowledge were put into practice. Um, 
And because I worked for businesses that way back in the day that, and of course, and back then would be like up to five million now, but under a million and a half back then, they're usually companies that don't have a, a quote unquote person for every segment of their office. People like me that come in with more than just an average data entry skill set, I'm usually involved in a lot of their business. We're going out for lunch, soundboarding ideas for some reason. I attracted a lot of creative clients for a long time, almost a decade. I had half a dozen of them. And I have a bit of a marketing background. So that was always fun because I always they always asked my opinion. I always had input. I didn't just go into their office, hide in a corner, do books, and walk out again. I was part of the family and part of the environment of them being successful entrepreneurs. And I loved it. Now I work at home cleaning up and maintaining messes that I just, I just, nothing about it speaks to my need to help someone or my passion. Now, here's a, here's a good um, example. And I'm sorry I'm going to use my bookkeeping as the example. If you could try and deal with it in your own work life, trying to see the similarities, that would be great because I'm just, another example is just not coming to me at the moment. There's a few, a handful of clients that all I do right now is feel like I'm cleaning up messes and I'm looking after things because they simply can't be bothered, quote unquote, to look after it themselves. And I don't mean in the manner that they don't have the skill set and can't do accounting work. I'm being a little bit broader than that. Where years ago when I was in this industry, before I became more senior and became a a financial project manager at Bell Canada, in my actual 15 years of just good old fashioned bookkeeping that I did, I felt fulfilled and I didn't feel that I was cleaning up other people's laziness or their messes. They had businesses, they were focused, they knew what they did best, they knew what other people needed to do for them, hence quote, I did. They had other people working in their offices or contractors. They were business people that had success on their minds and knew how to bring in the right uh, skill sets to keep them successful. I don't feel that way so much anymore about some of what I've been taking on. I've been quote unquote rescuing people and that feeling doesn't really work for me. Even in my coaching business now, I don't, I don't coach with people that I feel I'm handholding and need to rescue. My job is to support and move forward in becoming with them. It's not about a destination, it's just about being on the journey with them, helping them move forward with getting rid of limiting beliefs and having confidence in themselves. That is a journey. That is not babysitting or hand-holding. That is proactive and, um, and being their champion, okay? I hope you could see the difference in those two examples as poorly as I think I really did describe that just now. Very, very different things. And because of that, I've outgrown this part of my life and I want something new. Now, if that's happened for you, then, then that, then I say, take your passion and run with it. But I do tend to really agree with about 90% of what Terry said. Your passion is not, if you have a passion say for knitting or cooking, but you have no ability to run a restaurant or create enough sweaters to sell on Etsy, then you need to rethink that. So for instance, here, actually here's an external example. I'm at a networking event a couple of weeks ago and this young lady, she was just lovely. She is an amazing crochet and knitter. And she was showing my girlfriend and I who went to this networking event, all her pictures of her baby stuff. 
And we asked her how long it took her to make one of those because she wanted to create a little business out of it. But I think she said each sweater took a day or two to make. Okay, so let's do the business background on that. That is her passion. Her education isn't something completely different. She loves to knit and she likes to make these beautiful handmade items. But her time is money. So unless she's going to contract that all out and have a, like you do with clothing and have a whole sweatshop full of knitters, she's the one that's producing. And she couldn't produce a sweater in enough time to earn enough money to justify it. Do you see what I'm saying? So if she was charging, you know, basically $2 an hour, she could sell these little sweaters for maybe 40, 50 bucks. But if that is two days full of effort, her passion doesn't pay. That's the point of all this. For me, sorry, I got halfway through kind of a, an exercise there of how when you need to get something accomplished at the end goal, you need to backtrack what it's going to take to get there. So if this is, you, you start with the, this is my result. Now I know that it's going to take this, this, and this, whether it's money, time, whatever. You need to back that up to today and create a timeline on how that's, what it's going to take to get you there, either with time or money or whatever other resources you have invested. That's a perfect example of someone following their passion. And hopefully she won't, but I see a very high probability of failing at it because that passion will not pay the bills to feed her, run her car and, and buy her a home. Okay. So that's what I think what Terry was getting at because she went through this portion in her life where, you know, she was released from a job that I, I, t I take it her shock and amazement was because she figured she'd be in that job for a lot longer and perhaps even was going places with that career. And it all just, whew, from left field just left her and left her screen and she had to be open to new possibilities. She even did what I did for a short period of time. She went and got involved with a network as direct sales company. Hers was jewelry and did that. She says it was a great experience. Eventually I moved on, but I brought after a little while, I loved it and I brought all my passion to it and I got very successful one trips away. She did great with it, but she brought the passion with her. It wasn't something, she found the passion after meeting the need to, to eat, basically. She needed to have a job. So in your life, there's absolutely nothing wrong with finding your passion. But you also need to be realistic. And I also still believe you need to perhaps change your way of thinking a little bit and understand that it's not your passion that's you're following, but that your passion follows you. Have a passionate day, everyone. And this is actually, I'll put this up for uh, Valentine's Day, even though I'm recording it the day before. And this can be a great Valentine's Day. I mean, why not talk about passion on the day of love? Have a great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan. <laughs>